Welcome to the Grant Writing Simplified Podcast. This is the place to learn how to make a big impact in your community through grant writing and nonprofit consulting. The world needs you to step forward as a grant writer and use your skills to lead with confidence. I'm Teresa Huff, former special ed teacher turned grant writer and nonprofit strategist. In my 20 years of freelancing, I've helped nonprofits triple their funding and exponentially increase their reach. Now I'm stepping up to mentor freelancers and nonprofit leaders like you who are ready to take your skills to the next level. It's time to get intentional about your vision so you can create lasting change in your community. Learn the skills and strategies you need to become the grant writer the world needs. Let's do this. Hey friends, welcome back. I don't know where you are in the world today, but where I am, we have several inches of snow on the ground this morning. And as I look out the window, it is falling down as we speak. So I am happy to be in here talking to you instead of out in the cold. I am definitely a warm weather fan. But anyway, I hope it's nice wherever you are. And today I wanted to just take a few minutes and go way back to the basics. Sometimes, yeah, things get complex. We've talked about a lot of strategy and a lot of different parts of grant writing. But for a couple weeks here, I just really want to break it down to some basic concepts. And before we get started, I want to share a resource with you that nonprofits and grant writers often ask me about. People want to know where do I find grants? How do I start searching? And how do I keep up with all the different deadlines and applications? That's when I tell them about Instrumental. This is an online database that has made my grant searching and tracking go so much faster. Instrumental has search features and funder data right there in the system. That kind of stuff would take hours to dig up on my own. Instrumental brings all your grant research, tracking, and the project management all under one roof. In fact, I like it so much that I've partnered with Instrumental to give you a free two-week trial to test it out, and you can get $50 off your first month. Go to TeresaHuff.com Instrumental, that's instrument with an L, and use the code GWSPOD. Give it a try and let me know how you like it. Now, like I said, today we're going to get back to some very basics of grant writing and what grants even are. Way back in episode two, I talked about what is a grant. And just as importantly, I shared with you what a grant is not. Just because we need to understand those things of what grants can be used for and what we can't do with them in the types of things we need to be tracking because we are responsible for those funds and for being good stewards of that money. It's not a free-for-all. Then last week in episode 77, I walked you through my process of how I never sit down and stare at the blank page. You know, the white screen of death where your mind is just as blank and you have no idea what to start typing. You don't have to do that. So go back and listen to episode 77 if you want to know step-by-step how I start writing a grant. Recently, I led a guest workshop in a college class on grant writing. They had asked me to come in and talk about grant readiness. And so I was going through some pretty basic steps of what a nonprofit needs to be able to be grant ready and to walk through the process of how they can better prepare for grants and show their capacity to manage grant projects that they're going to apply for. And, you know, everything was pretty basic. But after the class, this one young lady came up to me and she said, this was such great info. 
But she said, this feels like a really silly question and I'm kind of embarrassed to ask, but what does a grant even look like? And you know, I remember thinking the exact same thing before I started writing grants. And back when I started, I didn't have Google to look it up. This gal said, you know, I've tried looking them up on Google and there are so many different things that I have no idea what's right or it's all so confusing and overwhelming. And I said, I know exactly what you mean. And frankly, that's why I started this podcast because the information is overwhelming now. It is confusing. I didn't have Google to go check and look up and learn from. Now you guys do. And it's so much more that it's really hard to know how to sort it out. So that's why I wanted to come back to some of these really basic concepts this month. And I thought she had a great question. And I know if she's asking it, and if I thought it, there's got to be lots of people out there thinking the same thing. Because even another student walking by said, oh yeah, I was kind of wondering that too. So, I mean, I'm glad she asked. I would much rather you ask than wonder. So today I want to talk through what does a grant even look like? And the answer is, it really depends on the type of grant, but I'm going to talk about several different kinds and what it could look like, depending on which grant you're applying for, just so you have an idea of what to expect. First, a grant could be an online form fill, which I'm seeing more and more. You know how if you're turning in something or buying something and there are several boxes that you have to plug in and some of them, it's just a drop-down menu. Others, you might have to type a couple of paragraphs. There might be a space for your signature and several questions. So an online grant could be like that where you have to fill in all the categories. Some of them might be several pages long. So you'll want to be sure and save your work and keep the login information so you can come back to it. You don't want to lose all that and start over. Now on this type of grant, if it is the online form, typically they will also have a PDF or a Word document of the questions that you can look at ahead of time. And when they do, I always put that into a Word document. And I start my draft and start typing in the Word document because for a little bit, it's going to be messy. I'm going to want to spell check. I go through everything and sometimes rearrange. So that's a lot better to manage in the document. Then when I'm ready, when it's all polished and finished up, then I can pop everything into that online form to actually submit the grant. I don't try to edit and rearrange and do my draft in the online form because there's just too much room for error. It's hard to double check your work and to go back through, make sure everything lines up and the budget is correct. And usually there will also be an area where they want you to upload certain documents and they will tell you, they'll say, upload your organizational budget here or upload your 501c3 documentation letter or different things that they might want you to include. I have seen some also where they say, do not include any additional materials besides what is asked for here. And then I've had others that say, if there's anything else you think would be helpful, please upload that as well. So read the instructions carefully and make sure you go by what they're telling you. Another type of grant might be an online PDF upload where you've written the application in a document, you've compiled all the documents you might need, any kind of documentation, and put that all together in one large PDF, and then they want you to upload the PDF file. That could be one way, although I don't see that quite as often. I have also done grants where you have to do it in your own document, whether Word or a Google Doc, and then you have to print out 
the copies and they will say specifically we want seven printed copies or three copies or whatever and then you have to snail mail by a certain date. It's important to note is this postmarked by the date or does this mean it has to arrive in their office by that date? Make sure that's clear and if it doesn't specify contact them to find out. Read all their submission instructions to figure out exactly what they're looking for. Sometimes there might also be email And if it is email, they may not specify, but I always send it as a PDF, not as a Word document, just so things are set and they don't get jumped around or altered in any way. I just send it as one PDF file to keep it as simple for them as possible. Then others, such as grants.gov, will have a pretty complex online portal that you have to upload ahead of time. You have to start setting up your account, entering your information, uploading a lot of documents and forms, this can be pretty complicated. And so I recommend starting well in advance because there are a lot of moving parts to it. And sometimes the system can be glitchy. So you sure don't want to wait till the last minute to start submitting everything because the system is often overloaded. Sometimes it shuts down, (laughs) not just on grants.gov, but I've also seen it in other foundation systems as well just to make sure you get plenty of lead time for all that documentation and everything to upload. One time, I also had a really strange, random thing. This was a State Department grant, and I'm telling you this just because you never know, and if this is how they've made their rules, then we play by their rules when we submit. But they wanted the application filled out in a very specific Excel document template that they sent out, It had to be saved in a certain version of Excel. I'm not done yet. It had to be burned to a CD-ROM. It had to be printed out two full copies of everything and put in three ring binders that were exactly one inch, no bigger, no smaller. So hole punch all the copies, put each one in a binder, put the CD-ROM in the front pocket of the binder, (laughs) have the name along the spine of the binder, and then mail those copies to their office. So it was very specific, very tedious, and we had to follow step by step. But we got the grant. It was about $120,000 for a food pantry, so it was wonderful. They were able to provide a lot more utility and housing assistance that year than they normally could. So it was great, but boy, we had to really stay on our toes to submit everything properly. Now that is the only time I've seen one with those kinds of requirements, but I'm telling you just to show you the importance of following every single thing exactly to the T. Now, where do you find all this stuff and how do you even know? Is it an online form? Do I print out a copy? What do I do? You look at the guidelines. If you've listened a while, you've heard me talk about follow the guidelines, look at the funder website or wherever they have posted the grant opportunity and go to what we call the RFP, the request for proposal, might be called the request for applications, the notice of funding announcement. Look for that and refer to that all the way through the process of writing the grant and filling out the application. And you use those guidelines as the basis for your whole application. You're going to be answering the set of questions that they provide. You're going to be providing the documentation 
and the additional information that they want, the signatures, whatever else they require. Sometimes you might need a letter of support or a letter if there's any kind of partnership or community collaboration going on, they might want some documentation of that. So look through the guidelines to see for each grant, what do they want? If you're looking at a small foundation, it's probably going to be fairly simple, fairly doable, and pretty basic. If you're talking a federal grant, there's going to be a lot of details and you have got to make sure you get every single one of them. If you've never written a grant before, I recommend starting with something very small and basic just to get used to the process and learn how it works. Then you can move on to bigger ones. Make sure you pay attention in the RFP what sections and extra documentation you need to include and start way ahead of the deadline. Typically, they're going to want to know information about your organization's background and history, the types of clients or population that you serve, and a little bit about your growth and who the leadership is and that kind of thing. They also want to know about the need. Why do you need this program? How are you serving the community? And how is it making a difference in the community? Now you need to go beyond just, we have to have money to keep the doors open. They aren't as interested in those internal needs. They want to see how is this making an external impact? How is this affecting your community? If we fund you, how is this going to help make a difference towards your mission and towards your bigger impact? So think about how you can present that. They want to know your program design. What are you going to use the funds for? What kind of program will it help you implement? And how will you measure that? How will you make sure that if you receive the grant, remember you're responsible for that. We talked about that back in episode two as well. You have to be able to show the documentation as you go. You need to show that you have the capacity to manage it and that you're not about to close your doors and go under because you're out of money. They want to see that you're already up and running and that you are sustainable without the grant funding. They'll want to see budget documentation. And again, look at the guidelines to see what details they want in the budget. Each funder might be a little bit different of how many specifics they want, whether they want your whole organizational budget or just the budget for this project that you're asking for. Read those guidelines to figure that out. And then there may be the additional supporting documentation that I previously mentioned. It's important to make sure that you are following all these directions There could be other sections as well, and there'll be a list of specific questions that they'll probably want you to answer. But most of those are gonna hit on these main categories that I've mentioned. It just may be different variations of the question or different ways of breaking it down. You wanna make sure you include those headings and titles and questions in your application so that it corresponds and it's easy for them to find the information and associate with each section. Now, with all this, you might be thinking, I've never even seen a grant and I wouldn't know where to start writing one. You might be surprised because some things that we do in life aren't altogether different from writing a grant, especially the smaller grants. Have you ever had to fill out online forms or surveys? Have you ever had to do research for a paper and compile the best research and figure out which parts to use? Have you ever had to describe a mission or a situation and make an argument as to why someone should support it? Have you ever written a thank you letter thanking someone for supporting you and a heartfelt explanation of how their gift is being used? You've probably done some things that are using those skills already. You just didn't realize it. If this is resonating with you, 
Then head over to my website and take my quiz, Do You Have What It Takes to Be a Grant Writer? And let's see where you land. You might be surprised at how many skills you already have that do apply to grant writing. I talk to really talented people all the time who don't even realize what they're already sitting on and how close they are to having what they need for being a grant writer. So head over there, teresahuff.com slash quiz, and let's see how that turns out. All right, friends, if you have found this podcast helpful for you, would you please share it with a friend? I am on a mission to create a ripple effect to change the world through nonprofit work, and I need your help to do it. Together, we can make that ripple effect much bigger. Have a great week and go change your world.